I had such a love for fashion and such a love for jewelry, but a modest salary. <laughs> so I would go to the market and I used to buy these jewelry pieces and I was always known as the bling queen, but I'd get back home like, like say Cinderella and all the jewelry would fall apart. So I really found a gap in the market. Let's try and do affordable jewelry, but that's still quality. You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. My guest today is Natalie Mills. She went from selling her handmade jewelry to neighbors when she was just eight years old to being featured on NBC and named a best-selling product for 2020 selling products on HSN, being awarded the Einstein Green Card Award, and recognized as a trendsetter and style leader. She has also been featured in Vogue, and she's been part of NBC's America's Big Deal and styled major celebrities. She is something else. And today we're going to be talking about her journey from rags to riches, from having only $100 to building an empire. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you, Sandy. I'm so excited to be here and share my stories. We always start with what does woman of value mean to you? Well, I think, you know, woman of value means to me is when a woman is absolutely confident and unapologetic in who she really is. A woman of value is somebody that is using the gifts that they have, using the talents that they have and putting them to good use, you know, creating that impact on the community, creating the impact on friends or family, somebody that's just creating value by just being who they are and tapping into the beautiful, unique gifts that they have. I love that. It's, it's one of the reasons I actually started my work as a life coach was to help women step into their value and really use the gifts and talents because so often we are underperforming, we are undervalued, and it breaks my heart to see women who are not rising up to their potential. So it seems like, yeah, I mean, you've you've definitely done that. And I'm looking forward to hearing your story. So let's let's talk about that. What was that pivotal moment, your aha value, woman of value moment where you really found your value? Well, mine started before I was a woman, I think. (laughs) You know, I was seven, you know, I was you know, from the age of four years old, I would tell my mom, mom, one day I'm going to live in America and I'm going to be on TV. It was something that I was just born with. At the age of seven and eight, I used to go with my family to vacations. I used to pick up seashells. You know, I used to, you know, cover them with nail varnish and sell them to the neighborhood. And I, it was kind of such a pivotal moment in my life at that stage was realizing I could create something really pretty and I could sell it and make money. So I was, you know, just really, I think I was just born with such an entrepreneurial fighting spirit. But having fallen, you know, quite on hard times, I'm completely self-taught and street smart. Um, you know, having to fend for myself and, you know, you know, be a breadwinner for the family at such a young age. It was really in those moments where I had to kind of dig deep and realize, you know, I've got to use the tools that I've been given And I've got to try and make a life for myself. So it was really later on in life that I launched my business. But, you know, I was just, you know, straight out of school, straight into, you know, telesales. And one of my first jobs was selling the Kirby vacuum cleaner. I used to go to the homes and vacuum clean them. 
But one thing I knew that I possessed, and that was that I had big dreams, big goals, and big aspirations for myself. And that is just so important when you find that value in you to have that driving force to use that value to make, you know, to make your dreams come true. That's just, you know, was one of the the turning points in my life is you've got to have both, you know, you've got to, you've got to use that value that you've got in you. And I think also when I started my business, I had such a love for fashion and such a love for jewelry, but a modest salary. <laughs> so I would go to the market and I used to buy these jewelry pieces. And I was always known as the bling queen, but I'd get back home, like, like say Cinderella and all the jewelry would fall apart. So I really found a gap in the market. Let's try and do affordable jewelry, but that's still quality. And that's what started really triggered the Nackie Mills brand and my start into actually developing something. So you said a few things that I'd like to just get a little more clarity on. I love that you were such an incredible entrepreneur and you often hear that about successful people that they were selling newspapers when they were really little and they, they invented things and had incredible dreams and goals and drive, which is what you, you know, sort of that combination of being able to really push yourself to, to want to make your dreams come true. But you said that you had fallen on hard times and you had to fend for yourself and be a breadwinner for your family. Can you talk a little bit about what happened and, you know, how you, how you uh, ended up being the, the sole breadwinner for the family? So I think, you know, my, my parents had a really good relationship, but there was a really big age gap between them. And I was so close with my father. My relationship with him was just so beautiful, so close, such a connection. Um, whereas me and my mother, we were a little bit, you know, we used to knock our heads a little bit. Um, what actually happened was my mom started, um, you know, needing to, you know, they got divorced and they separated. And my mother started making some really, you know, you know, bad decisions in her life. And um, she um, she fell in love with the wonderful man. Um, they used to party out all night and he committed suicide. Um, he, 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 he shot himself in front of my mom. And that was really a breaking point for my mother. And that was when I quickly kind of realized my mom's going to need me a little bit more than what I was, you know, than, than what I think I would, you know, need. And um, with my mom and, you know, before he passed away, they would live across the state. So I found myself having to look after my brother. He was 11 years younger than me. And things just really started unraveling. My father passed away. And, you know, you look back and there were just so many events. Um, I was then hijacked. I was hijacked. I had a gun put to my head um, where they wanted to steal my vehicle. And, um the one of the one of the you know the, the intruders screamed and said why don't you just kill the BRTCH and they pulled the trigger but thank thank the Lord above that you know I was here to stay. So just trauma. It was just trauma after trauma after trauma. But um it kind of made me a little bit bitter. And um it was me being angry and upset and frustrated with the world and I think I really started changing at about the age of 27 when I realized kindness is going to get me way further in life than what it is to hold on to that so you know it was just a, a catastrophic wave of all these events that caused a lot of trauma for me mm, wow big big t trauma <laughs> These are yeah, big teach plumber, definitely. That's why, like, you know, in the beginning of the conversation, we spoke about rags to riches and I parallel with that with pain to power. You know, you can do so much with your pain. It's just really up to you 
how you want to handle that and what what you, what you want to take it. Yeah, so that's quite it's quite impressive what you did. And so, yeah, it didn't just happen overnight that you went from bitter and frustrated and traumatized to <laughs> having this, you know, powerful outlook on life. So what are some of the steps that you took to get from pain to power? Realizing what I wanted to be. And I think that's what happens with so many of us is that we can drown in our trauma and we can allow the trauma to completely take over who we are, what we stand for, and every single dream will be completely buried. And it was just a stage where I went back to the Natalie that was seven years old, knowing that I've got these big dreams and these big aspirations, and I'm not gonna let any life event rob me of what I know the full potential of my life is going to be. So it's really kind of dusting away, slowly dusting away the trauma and not letting it have such a, impact on your life that it robs you of your dreams um so i would just reflect back on that look at accountability objectively looking at your life and the question the things that you're doing and the energies that you're putting out there and say right where do you want to be and if that's where you want to be well these are the changes that you've got to do and this is what you've got to do to try and get there well, I love that you talk about going back to little Natalie and yes. her dreams. <laughs> yes. We bury her. We bury her. We must stop burying her. Like I love that song, Never Lose Your Wonder. It's just so profound, but it happens. We we get, we, we drown. We start drowning. It's so true. And I, I'm in the middle as we tape this of a, I, I enter the Toastmaster contest. A Toastmasters, for anybody who doesn't know, is a national, international organization for people to improve public speaking and leadership skills. And every year they hold an international contest. And I join it to really challenge myself to get better at public speaking and to hone one idea that I want to send out to the world. And this year, because of the pandemic, I decided to focus on finding silver linings. And I had a client, one of my very first clients when I was still working with men and women and helping people really discover their next steps in, in the second stage of life. This man came to me because his wife and he had worked together in this corporate food industry their entire life. And his wife was kept on when the company downsized and he was let go. And he was in his 50s. He had no idea what's next for me. This was the rest of his life. He thought he was set. And so all of a sudden, safety's pulled away. And I think many of us during the pandemic were faced with loss of job, loss of lives, loss of so much that we were dependent on. And I worked with him to uncover a dream from his childhood. So this, this whole story reminded me wow. of this dream and his dream was always to open a, a bakery. And we went back to his childhood memory of baking with his grandmother when he was a little boy and coming in and smelling those delicious smells and baking together. And this is a dream that he never did because he was so busy with life and had all these responsibilities. And so this, this silver lining was he now had time and he had the opportunity to do this. And he, he opened this bakery and his last name was Silver. And so he, he called it the Silver Lining Bakery. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> what a good story. It was, it was such a beautiful story. And I, I, I just, just reminded of it 
by your story because so many of us have incredible dreams and goals. And I meet people every day who, this guy I met recently, he said, I always wanted to be an oceanographer, but my mother told me I, I needed to do something that made money and was safe. And so he went into a field that did not excite him. And he's now looking into what can I do now to get my passion back? So I, I love this story and I think it's it's inspirational. I hope people will take some inspiration to, even if it's a hobby or something, a side interest, if you can't afford to leave your job and you know to, to do something in that nature. So do you have any advice for people who actually can't reinvent themselves at this point, but would like to tap back into some of the passions that they have? I mean, it kind of always starts somewhere. You know, you've got to take the first step. I think that's the important thing. And like, you know, you get that beautiful proverb that they say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? <laughs> right. So I think it's very much if, <clears throat> if it's something that you want to do and you've centered yourself that this is something where I want to be, you need to take that very first step. Whether it is just, you know, say you love baking, but you're working a full-time job and you want to get back, start baking. If you kind of say that you want to be, you know, a, I don't know, like a teacher, but you could, you know, start getting back to seeing how can I do the small step of me moving towards my goal and towards my dream. But I think what's also very important is when we do have those really big dreams, you know, the real, real big ones. And it's so important to also accept that it's not going to be easy because I think so many people give up so quickly when it becomes hard. And if you're not prepared to walk through the hard times, you're not going to be able to really when it's kind of bigger because I often say to people when they say to me oh this is going to be so easy I kind of say stop you're going to fail <laughs> if that's, that's how you're but don't even move forward you are bound to fail let's have a look at this again because it's hard and you get a lot of the no's and you get knocked down and you get told that you're crazy and the bigger the dream, the more knows, the more kind of challenges that you have. But it's all about that burning desire within you that is going to drive you right past it. And that's going to get you back up when you're down. It's going to motivate you when somebody says no. And I always kind of picture it when somebody does say no or decline something that you've offered. It's in that format and it's in that time. Just because that time and that format was a no doesn't mean that it's not still destined for you, maybe a different format and a different time. So just don't give up on those dreams. It's what's inside of you. It's the fuel to your fire and just look after it. And just, you know, as I said, just start whatever it is, just take that first step. Yes. Great advice. And I like what you said about focusing on why? Why are we doing these things? Why, why are we motivated? Because we, we were tapped into the reason why we did this in the first place. And I totally get that. I mean, that anybody who runs a business, and I know this well, you're going to run into hard times. You're going to run into people who are going to have, you know, present obstacles. Yeah. And that's just part of life. And if you collapse under those the nose under the pressures or the bad client or the person who is disrespectful, they should all be learning steps for you. I think that everything happens for us. And if we look at it that way, we can actually build, you know, maybe my contract wasn't tight enough. Maybe I didn't have such clear boundaries. Maybe I, you know, went down the wrong path for a little while and I have to take a step back and reassess. And so being willing to walk through the hard times is 
such a key to success. If you have ever played small to make other people feel comfortable, or maybe stayed in a bad relationship or job too long because you didn't think you could do any better, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. Each of the 30 chapters contains a life lesson, a story, and an exercise to bring you closer to reaching your full potential. Becoming a Woman of Value is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Tammy, if I could just kind of echo on what you said, which is so important is our boundaries. And I think what's so important is we don't protect our light. Now our light is what shines within us. It keeps us alive. It makes us feel motivated, but we get so many external forces that are blowing out our candle every single day. And we're not even really realizing it. So putting those boundaries in place to keep you healthy and to keep your light shining bright is so important to have that fuel to continue driving you to reach those dreams. I like the way you said that. Protect the light, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Protect the light. So tell us, Natalie, about your company. Tell us about the present. What, What have you created? What are you creating right now? So our company is all about bling and glam. I always say if you can make it, we can bling it. (laughs) So we really are a ladies trend in fashion and accessory brand, but we really have got our signature style of rhinestones and blings. So we literally make our bedazzled slippers, you know, staying at home. I want you to feel elegant. It's all about the feeling inside, right? You put on that beautiful pair of earrings. You put on that gorgeous accessory. It should be kind of the cherry on top that's going to change your mood and make you feel like you can take over the world. So with extra crystal and extra shine, you're going to be able to do that. So we really, we've got a line of headwear. We've got a line, you know, in winter, we really focus on gloves and scarves. In summer, we have a look at our, you know, gorgeous visors and beach hats. But again, just with elements of shine and bling. Um, We created our headbands, you know, to get back to the headbands of, um, you know, the 80s when we used to wear headbands, we kind of reinvented that wheel, which is super, super exciting. And our jewelry, really trendsetters in jewelry. And that's why you mentioned we get a lot of celebrities wearing our jewelry, which is so incredible to get that recognition. But, you know, really giving that look of fine design jewelry skills, but not having to break the bank, coming back to you know, when I was in that position and I couldn't afford it, but I wanted some in quality, there's so many of us out there like that. So that's where we really fit that gap. Mm, I love the the bling and the glam. The and the, yeah. yeah, and, um, you know, and making you feel like you can take over the world is always a good thing. So what are the plans for the future? What's your dream? Well, I think the future is constantly moving. And um, you know what I mean? I think you, you should, you obviously should have your plans and your goals out there. But what's more important is that when the markets change and situations change, you're able to pivot and pivot quickly. So I think 70 to 80% of your plans, you could maybe keep them streamlined, but you need to have that other external factor like a COVID coming that can really change the world. But our plans are to continue with our message, a culture of kindness. I always look at my accessories as the bridge to share our story and our brand is all about embracing kindness, embracing love, sharing our story, but just bringing the most extraordinary accessories to life with our signature style. We also are, which is super exciting, launching Natalie Mills Beauty, which is really exciting, you know, kind of I'm doing that, which is so exciting about this range is I'm doing it for me now. (laughs) So not that I don't do it for me, but now, you know, getting a little bit mature I am. 
I'm very much like, let me have a look at beauty. So I'm testing all the products on myself. So we've been working with, you know, the best pharmacies across the USA, best dermatologists to bring the most incredible ingredients into our beauty. And um, very excited for that, that division to get going this year. So the Natalie Mills beauty line is something focusing on the collagen masks, you know, the sheet masks, the eye masks, you know, all that kind of thing. Awesome. Well, let's go to the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So Natalie, I used to think I wasn't blank enough. I used to think I wasn't good enough. And can you elaborate on that a little bit? Just because I've got such a high level of perfection and so much detail in what I do. I was always thinking, is this going to be good enough? Am I going to be good enough? Is this going to be you know, just that, you know, am I good enough? Am I going to get those dreams? Am I going to be that person? So in one way, it worked so great for me because it kept me striving for the stars. But the other way, it made me become exceptionally critical of myself and question a lot of things that I was doing. So I think that's kind of where, where I was. So it both Not, drove you to Drove you. Yeah, drove great. me to to drove me to be that, to have that perfectionism, to give it my best, to give it my all, to strive bigger, to work harder because I'm not good enough. So it worked in a way, but it made me very self-critical in another way. Right. And at some point, my son reminds me of this all the time. When I achieve something great, he'll say, take a moment and celebrate mom, because I'm always on to it. What can I do better? And how can I make it the next time? So I think many, many entrepreneurs uh, and women in general that I, that I work with have very, very high standards Mm -hmm. and they can both motivate you, which is good and hold you back from really just being self-accepting, self-compassionate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. You've got to take it in. You've got to take in those small wins. Yeah. Because if you don't, it's not going to keep you fueled. It's not going to keep you going. You need those small wins that you need to embrace. Yeah. And I've heard also that it's not just about the end goal. It's really about enjoying the journey and appreciating the end. So you have to have both. Absolutely. And you know what, Sandy, do we ever get to an end goal? Because once that goal is reached, there's another one coming around the corner and then there's another one and then there's another one. So we're never going to get there. There's always going to be more. So that's right. why you've got to enjoy that ride. Well, there there are end goals in that you create a product and then it's done. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. not the end. And the next right. goal selling it. <laughs> right. The next, the next goal, goal selling is... a thousand of them. <laughs> right. The marketing piece, which is what a lot of people don't. Can, you know, they don't concentrate on that. And that's yeah. why a lot of people fail at, at business. I, you know, we, when I went to coaching school, we did not learn how to market. We did not learn how to run a business. We learned how to be good coaches. And yeah. even that takes years and years of, of practice and being with people. And so I think with any business, you've, you've got to not just know how to do something well, you also have to know how to promote yourself how to speak well of what you do and not feel like that's that's unhumble to brag about what you do because otherwise why would anybody else want to buy what you're selling 
Yeah, if you don't believe in it, you can't expect other people to. But I think what's also important, Sandy, is to make sure that you are objectively looking at the market. I think so many times when we are creating a product, we get so emotionally invested in the product that we might think this is a million dollar idea that I'm sitting on, but the market thinks completely different. So you've got to be able to have, to have that objective view, take those the feedback that you're receiving from people constructively to make sure that you're not wasting your time on something you might love, but it might just not be received. Yeah. And knowing what is constructive feedback and what is yeah. not is also yeah. a skill set. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There are people who just give you critical feedback that is actually not, not to help you. And yeah. we have to know the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, so much good advice. So let's let's go to the next question, which is what was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming a woman of value? I think at one stage it was a lot of anger. And you know, and I think that was just kind of better down to my trauma. And I think really losing my dad, that was making me question a you know, question a lot. But when I kind of got over that process that I you know, did I realize how much kindness is going to get me so much further in life? And by me getting further in life in a kind way, I can be of so much more value to other people. So I definitely say that it was that it was the anger and the hurt that that held me back quite a lot. Yeah, but at least you were able to use that and, and pivot into kindness and not not just walking around with bitterness and, and being yeah. shut down from it because a lot of people just feel like a victim for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's just trauma. You kind of have got to go through it, but you can't do it for the rest of your life if it's not serving you. You know, I was always they ask this question and you need to ask yourself this question, is this serving me? And if it's not, well, you need to change. Yeah. You know, am I getting am I getting far with this attitude? No, well, then you need to change. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I have these conversations with my children sometimes where they come and they complain about the same thing over and over again. And it's like, are you just looking to vent about the same problem? Because if you are, I don't have a lot of patience for that. But if you're looking to actually move forward and come up with some solutions, I would be happy to sit with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So Natalie, what is the best advice you can give to a woman who wants to become more empowered? I would just say it would be center yourself in a lot of ways. And what I mean by that is it's a lot of soul searching. There's a lot going on inside of us that we need to acknowledge, that we need to see, that we need to feel. You know, there's 8 billion people in the world right now. We are all different. So what does that mean? We have all got some beautiful gift that is within each and every single one of us. And it's just moving out all of the dust, all of the naysayers, all of the negativity, all of the, you know, the things that have come at you. It's kind of taking, you need to remove all of that away from you. Come back into yourself, self-center yourself quieten your mind and get back to that little fire inside of you and keep on kind of burning that fire. Um, you know, that's really the best advice I would get. We get so moved and so influenced by so much. But at the end of the day, we live in our internal world inside us. And there's so many answers and voices that we should just center ourselves and listen to that is just going to really help you go forward. Don't let what somebody said to you three years ago 
you know, take anything away from you. And this is what I said to somebody who was really battling with going through so much negativity and going through people that were just very jealous and having out for it. I'm like, they robbed you of so many years in the past. Are you really going to let them continue to rob you for the rest of your life? Isn't it time to let that go? And it was just a profound moment for them when they're like, you know, you're right. They have robbed me for so long. I'm, I, they held on to hurt for so long. They couldn't move forward. I said, now you're going to let them take that over more time. And that's just also something really important. That's a great way to call. Take back your power. That's take right. Back your power. <laughs> take it back. Yeah. And people don't realize they can. They don't even realize the power somebody has held over them. And when it's you after the decision. Yes, it, it totally does. Absolutely. So Natalie, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would tell her to keep her fire. <laughs> tell her, I still think she's, she's there, but I would say stop being so hard on yourself. I was very hard on myself, you know, you know, again, I went back to, you know, always aiming for perfectionism and and stop worrying. Oh my gosh, I would tell you to stop worrying. And I still like kind of like, Nat, stop worrying. But I worried about everything all the time. 90% of the things you're worrying about, Natalie, are not going to come to pass. So I think those are the, that's a little bit of advice that I would give. And also it's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if we all knew that back then? <laughs> oh, man, I, when I think back at how many things we are worried about as younger women, as little people, as teenagers, especially, oh my God, you know, the things that we think people are staring at us and they're not, and they're worried about a pimple yeah. and nobody cares. And everybody's worried about their own stuff. And they're not even looking at you. <laughs> it's so yeah, we, absolutely. If we knew that then, but we have to go through it to get to yeah. where we are today. Absolutely. What is something that people often get wrong about you? That I am exceptionally outgoing. <laughs> so I think in a lot of ways, I'm very, if I know you very well, I'm very outgoing and you're very close to me. But if I don't know a, a lot of people very well, I don't like to always be out there. And I think it takes a while to get into the warm part of Mackie. Well, I'm very warm, but I can be very um, reserved in a lot of ways as well. So I know, what was it? I was supposed to go to some kind of uh, a function or something. They're like, Nats, they want me to be the greeter. I must go there and greet everyone. I'm like, this is what you don't understand. I'll greet you and love on you, but I'm, I'm not like that with all of them. So I think sometimes our personality gets a little bit um, mixed up about that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I find this fascinating because so many of the people on this podcast who are very outgoing on the podcast are really introverts and, uh, you know, me included. And I think that a lot of us who are introspective and who are good with people we know are in small groups are not really comfortable being in front of large groups of people that we don't know. And yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's, it's a big misunderstanding about a lot of people. And I think as well, Sandy, I'm very big on energies and I like to protect my energies and my space. And, you know, being an extreme empath, I absorb so much of what's going on. So sometimes I'm like, I can't take on the world right now because I always feel like I've got to save the world. So it's like, <laughs> do I have to save everybody here right now? Okay, this is just a bit much for me. I just want to <laughs> save a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear that. <laughs> and finally, Natalie, how would you like to be remembered? I would 
like to be remembered as a woman that was absolutely tenacious and unapologetic to go for her dreams and her goals and her aspirations. A woman that has inspired people to go for their dreams, their goals and their aspirations. And a woman that has an absolute love for the Lord and has laid my life and my path for him with faith, determination, and absolute obedience. Well, thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story, Natalie. Thank it's uh, I've enjoyed hearing it. I know <laughs> that my audience will feel the same way. And it's it's just your passion comes through the screen. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> watching you with with just so much so much fire, you know. And I can see that you got the fire back. And so tell us, I, I am going to include all the links to all your social media, but if you can give one link to the best place that people can connect with you, that would be great. Oh, go over to, I'm going to say it in South African accent, and then I'll try the American nataliemills.com, but I'll go nataliemills.com, go firstname, <laughs> Head over to our website. You'll have a look at all our social media links that we got there, but that will give you a great in, insight into me. There's an about us section, our philanthropy, our Natalie Gives Back initiative, and then you can shop for all the bling that you need in the world. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on and showing our audience what a woman of value looks and feels like. Thank you, Sandy. And if you guys love our show, please rate and review us. It always helps and continue to step into your value. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.